normalizing women in the trades, lots of women have trouble finding work for the pure reason that they're a woman. We're just as capable, we're just as amazing at our job, just people don't want to look past the name on the resume to see that. Welcome to my podcast, Keep It Spicy. My name is Shuba, and I will be your host for today's episode. Interested in hearing about love, life, travel, and career? I will be exploring all those topics and more. If you want to tag along for something fun, entertaining, exciting, and of course, spicy, hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with more episodes. Now, let's get into it. This is Keep It Spicy. Today's guest is Emily Pike. Emily is a third-year automotive apprentice at Hefner Lexus in Kitchener, but by the time you hear this, she would have completed her last exam to obtain her Master Hybrid Certification, which is actually the highest achievable level of technician. Emily is a badass mechanic and a huge advocate for women in the trades. She also recently just got awarded the Futures Award as part of the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology's International Women's Day Celebration, which will be held later on in March. Emily has done a lot of work in and out of the automotive shop to support women in the industry in every way she can. Thank you for joining me for today's episode, Emily. I am so excited to chat with you on Keep It Spicy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I'm going to start by asking you to tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself. Like, what have you been up to personally, professionally, whatever you want to share? Basically, like, what's the spice to your life? That's like a question that I like open up the conversation with, with all my guests. Okay. Um, so I am a mechanic and an automotive service technician with Hefner Lexus in Kitchener, Ontario. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a mom of two, a uh, single mom. So I have two little girls, seven and four. They keep me very busy as well. Uh, I also do a lot of volunteering for like women in the trades. So I work with Skills Ontario. I'm a mentor there and I share my stories and experiences with people to encourage young women and young people in general, I guess, to get into the trades and give them a shot. I also run the Featuring Inspiring Women Instagram account and website where I talk to women from all over the world and just share their stories about how they got started in the trades. And yeah, that's that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And what is one thing about yourself that people might be surprised to learn? And this is something that we could have not necessarily like searched up about you on the internet? Uh, Well, I became a mom at 16. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, you won't really find that information anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I ask what your daughter's names are? Are you comfortable sharing that on the podcast? Yeah, so my oldest, Abigail, she's seven. And my daughter, Eleanor, is four. And Eleanor is not at all named after the Mustang and gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> that is so funny. Just kidding. She is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. And also, like, from our, like, past exchanges, you mentioned that you're going to be done with um, your course soon. So if I'm not mistaken, it's next week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Next, next Thursday. Well, this coming Thursday. 
I'm, I'm done. And then I just have to write my final exam and I'll be licensed. That's super exciting. I, I cannot wait for you. Like I understand that feeling of like being like so close to the end where you're like, can we just get it over with? So I'm super excited for you. And again, you've mentioned that, you know, you've done some interesting stuff. Um, you are like a woman mechanic, like you're a mechanic, right? Is that the correct term? Or do I like refer to you as like an automotive specialist or something? Uh, mechanics fine. Yeah. When you search up like the course name, it's automotive service technician. So I, I flip between the two of them when I'm talking just because I don't know, most people don't know what you're talking about when you say automotive service tech. So mechanic is more widely known. Gotcha. That's the layman term. Um, and you're also trying to get your master hybrid certification. You have a blog, you've done all this like cool work. You also work with Skills Ontario, which for our listeners, that's like a nonprofit organization promoting like skill trades and basically just helping empowering Ontario youth towards that uh, path. Um, so what inspired you to get into the automotive industry to begin with? Uh, so it started when I was 15. Um, I moved in with my dad for a little while. So I went to a new high school in a different town and this high school offered an automotive course a year earlier than my previous high school. So I was like, Oh, cool. I've always had a small interest in cars. I just wanted to basically know how to fix my car one day. So I decided I would take that. And from the minute I walked into that shop, I was in love, like completely smitten with just the whole environment and working on cars. I ended up getting 99% in that class. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) The teacher strongly... Uh, encouraged me to continue. Obviously, he was like, this is the highest mark I've ever given. And I will never see a mark like this again. So I really hope you continue with it. And so I did. I eventually went back to my old high school and took another automotive course there. And just I loved it. I was I loved being in that shop, talking with the teachers, learning as much as I could. And eventually I was just teaching other students in that class as well, because I had learned so much the year before. Then for grade 12, I did a double co-op in a local shop. That was it. I was sold. I just wanted to do that every day for the rest of my life. So I started working at a dealership after school. And so I would leave my co-op, spend like nine to three in the shop and then go to my job after where I then worked nights and did oil changes and tires, lots of exciting things. (laughs) And I just rolled with it. I've been... I haven't left the shop since then. Oh my gosh, that is like such a sweet story. And that's like so cool to hear that you found like your your calling, so to speak, like so young. I cannot relate, but <laughs> that is that is so, oh my gosh, that's such a lovely story. Speaking of like enrolling in like the, the certification or like, you know, to become like an automotive specialist, can you tell me a little bit of what your coursework is like now? Can you describe like what you learn, like how you learn and how you get trained, like to become like, you know, officially certified? So you have to go through an apprenticeship and it's not, it's not like normal college or university. Uh, So you have to be signed by the shop that you're working in. They sign you on as an apprentice and then you fill out all this paperwork, bring it to the ministry of skills training and something, something, something. And (laughs) uh, they register you as an apprentice and you work four days a week or five days and then you're in school for one day. So it's one, one day every week you're in school pretty much. 
for three years, the three-year apprenticeship. And then at the end, you have to write your final exam. And that will give you your license, like your provincial license that's needed to be a mechanic. And from there, uh, I can speak from the dealership side, but not from like a small shop side. I'm not too sure how the training works on that end. But there's additional training that you go to in order to level up and be a higher class mechanic, pretty much. So then the highest level is your master hybrid, which gives you, you can work on anything. Any car that comes in the shop, you have no restrictions, you can work on it, including hybrid vehicles, which have the high volt engines and everything, high volt systems in them. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty much that. <laughs> okay, and that's what you are, like, that's what you're also studying for, the master hybrid certification. Yeah, so that's totally different from the college training, but I've been doing it pretty much since I started. So I just kept up with my training on both the dealership side and with my college. So it all just kind of came together all at the same time. Wow. Thank you. Juggling all of that. Um, And (laughs) what is something about being a mechanic that you would like to debunk? Uh, Pretty much that you don't have to be smart. Like, you know, if you don't study hard, you're going to end up being a mechanic. No, (laughs) there is so much to know. You have to know how every system works, brake systems, electrical systems, how the engine works. You have to know how everything works on the car. And you're not just studying one thing. You're studying hundreds of cars, old cars, new cars, everything. You have to, you have to know how everything works in order to find a problem and then fix it. So when people say like, oh, if you don't study hard, you're going to end up working here one day. No, <laughs> It is difficult. It's you have to know so much and you really have to give it your all because you are working on cars that people are going to drive out on the road and they have to trust that you're going to do it correctly. So everything you do, you have to remember that the customer's life is in your hands pretty much. That's no pressure at all. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Do you assist in um, like the actual mechanic, like whoever your like mentor is, so to speak, um, do you assist in like the work that they do or do you do the work and they supervise or like how does the the whole like more practical aspect of the training work right now? In the beginning, I it was more shadowing technicians, you know, they would do the job and then you would watch and then you would start helping because you'd be like, Oh, I've seen this before. And I know that you have to take this off to get here. So then you start helping with the jobs and then eventually you just, you get handed the job yourself and you do it and you have, well, for me, at least I'm in between two technicians. So there's one on my left and one on my right. And they both oversee everything that I do. They don't watch what I do. They don't, it's not like they're standing there like, Oh, Oh, is she doing that right? No. But if they see something, if something doesn't sound right or a couple of swear words slip out of my mouth and (laughs) they know I'm having trouble, they'll come over and give me a hand. But no, now it's just, all right, you're done. Just do it yourself. Here's the job figured out. (laughs) Don't you get scared though? If you like, I mean, I'm I'm certain that you do a good job, but don't you, isn't there a little bit of fear that like, oh my gosh, I don't want to mess this up. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Oh my God. All the time. Uh, Especially if it's, like a bigger job, like tearing down an engine, oh, you've got to take this engine and transmission out of the car, and then you have to tear it down. 
reseal everything, make sure everything works properly right down to the base of the engine and then just build it back up and then put it back in the car and pray to God it works. Uh, that is nerve wracking. Even just doing brakes is nerve wracking a little. You know, you have to remember to everything has to be tightened to a specific torque and you don't want to mess it up. It is nerve wracking, but you just get more comfortable the more often you do it. On the same note of like talking about like the industry. So what motivated you despite the industry being primarily male dominated what really motivated you to still want to pursue it and continue with it like how do you not let stereotypes get to you um they did a little bit at first I mean I was I was nervous I had some troubles with my first employer so that was discouraging for the most part but I'm just a stubborn asshole honestly I just want I just want to do it I love what I do I love working on cars every day I love telling people that I'm a mechanic and meeting all of these incredible people and learning. I love the learning. The learning is my favorite part. But just loving what I do pushes me to go back to work every day. And now I've found my forever home at Lexus. And <laughs> I love the guys there. So it's, it's enjoyable to go to work every day. Oh, I love that. This is this is so sweet. I'm getting all like emotional. Very, very cute. Um, and why do you think that women are hesitant to get into an industry in general that's male dominated? Like, what? Where is the hesitation? Is it just because like, oh, I'm the only girl, or like, what? Where? Where do you think that stems from? I think it comes from a different, uh, like many different areas. Definitely the oh, I don't want to be the only girl. It it is intimidating to be surrounded by by men and being the only odd one out everybody notices you walk into the shop and you look around and there's the one redhead with the long hair hey that's me <laughs> obviously I'm different I don't fit in you also get customers and I guess even employers that don't want women in the shop so that's also another thing it's just pushback and you have to really prove yourself, prove that you know what you're doing to everybody around you constantly. Um, it's hard. It's, it's not easy by any means, but it is worth it 100%. But mostly, I would say probably being different, being the odd one out. It's intimidating to most people. What has been the biggest reward, though, that you faced being a woman in this industry so far? just doing the work every day. I mean, going into work and just loving what you do, that is the biggest reward. You can't, you can't beat going into work every day and just loving your job, loving every minute that you're there. I mean, I spend nine hours in that shop. If I hated it, it would, it would be terrible, but I love it. So that's the biggest reward is just loving my job, loving what I do every day, loving the people that I'm surrounded by. So earlier I was reading some articles about like advice for women who are trying to break into industries that are male dominated. And I read this quote um, and it goes, learn to be assertive, not aggressive. I wanted to know your take on that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Since you are someone that's in a male dominated industry, like, do you think that's good advice? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Actually, I think that is probably the most relatable advice I've ever heard in my life. You don't want to come across aggressive. You don't want to come across as like shy and meek either. You just, you have to be assertive. If you get unwanted comments, you just, no, absolutely not. You cannot speak to me like that. 
you're not being aggressive, but you are putting your foot down and saying, no, that's not how I choose to be treated. Um, And I think that's incredibly important for employers, customers, employees, having that line and not letting anybody cross it. But at the same time, you are another employee. So it's not like you can get aggressive and nasty about it. But being assertive is absolutely what you need. Even going into a new job, a new workplace, and just being like, listen, this is what I want. This is what, this is how I expect to be treated. These are things that I need to be successful here and not settling for anything less. Being assertive, but not overly aggressive. I was definitely a little bit aggressive when I first started in my first workplace. Anytime someone would say something to me, I was like, no. And I would just, I would blow up because I didn't think that I deserved to be treated like that, but that was not the correct way to handle that situation. And eventually I learned that, that being just assertive and sure of what you want, it had more positive feedback. It worked way better. And can you give me an example, like a specific example, if you're comfortable sharing? Uh, Yeah. So I had a, (sighs) just thinking about it. I had a customer, I worked on his car, and I was just doing oil changes and tires. So there was a glass wall between where the customers were and where I was working, so they could always see us. And like I mentioned before, I'm the redhead with the long hair, very noticeable. He would spot me out right away. Uh, This customer stood there and watched me work on his car the entire time. And then at the end, I pulled the car out. And I went for lunch. So I had an hour lunch. I was gone. And apparently during that hour, he kept asking about me. He went in. He asked all of my coworkers and my bosses and the receptionist trying to find out where I went, what I was doing, trying to get my contact information because he wanted to speak to the mechanic that worked on his car, which I guess is a a good excuse. Um, (laughs) Nobody would tell him anything other than I had gone for lunch. So he waited in the parking lot for over an hour for me to come back. And then by the time somebody came and told me that he was waiting, he had left. So I was like, okay, that's weird. Um, And then the next day he kept calling the receptionist, trying to get my phone number and my work schedule. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it was, it was getting a little bit scary because he was calling and it was two, three days of him calling the dealership, trying to get my information when I would be at work. And then eventually one Saturday I was working and we look out in the parking lot and he's sitting out there just staring at the door, waiting for one of us to walk out. We're like, Oh no. Oh no. I was, 17 at the time and he was in his probably early 40s oh my gosh dude so yeah so I grabbed the owner's son and one of the advisors and I was like I if I have to go out there and talk to this guy you guys are coming with me so they came out with me and uh I was the advisor was like, what do you want? Why are you here? Why have you been calling? What do you need from her? 
And he was like, Oh, I just want to talk to her. She was a technician that worked on my car. I was like, okay, well, I didn't mess anything up. So I don't know what you want. It was just an oil change, sir. What have I done? (laughs) And he was like, Oh, no, I just want to know if you want to get a drink with me sometime. You're 17. You're not even legal. Like, you can't, like, 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 that's so inappropriate on so many levels. I was like, what? You've been harassing my coworkers and stuff to know if I want to go get a drink? No, no, I don't. And I was just, I was nasty and I couldn't, I couldn't bite my tongue. I was just, get the fuck out of here. Like, why are you even here? Leave. Sorry, can I swear on your podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, you can. You can. Feel free. <laughs> I don't understand. He never, I don't think he ever came back for service. Pretty sure I lost the dealership, a uh, customer that day, but I feel it was warranted. There was definitely, it would have been a better handled situation if I had just been assertive instead of aggressive because I'm pretty sure he called and complained to my boss after too. No. Okay. I see what you mean, but no, that I agree with you. I'm on your side. That is definitely, that was definitely warranted. Like that's also very like, creepy and a little harassy you know like I I'm on your side like that was that's and he's 40 this is just like making me uncomfortable on so many levels just imagine what you went through like that very awkward yes it was awful it was awful (laughs) completely ruined my whole week because every probably every couple hours somebody would come in and be like Emily's on the phone again no hang it up I don't know what this guy wants (laughs) Dang, how awkward. Oh, man. And were you, are you the only, so in your like cohort, so to speak, um, can you give me like an estimate of like the female to male ratio right now? So are you the only girl or are there some other women there? Um, so in my shop, there are nine bays. So nine hoists. We each have our own hoist. I'm the only female. And then we have two female advisors. They're in the service department. I'm in the shop. Oh, okay. So getting done, down with the nitty gritty, you're the only female in there. Yes. Okay. There cool. is, because Lexus and Toyota were two different shops, just a parking lot between us. There is another girl over on the Toyota side, and I'm pretty sure she was just signed as an apprentice, and I'm super excited for her. Uh-huh. Go Lyric. <laughs> Um, I think she's the only female on that side though. Okay. No, this really like, I know that it's like, it is male dominated, but like this hearing it in person or like hearing it like, like from an actual mechanic that you're, there's literally one woman mechanic in the whole shop. Like, dang, I feel like that would be so intimidating. Like, I feel like, like if I was in your position, I'd probably just feel awkward in general. Other than this like customer, don't you ever feel a little worried about being like sexually harassed from your coworkers? I know that your current, like your current shop is like, it's great, but has that ever been a concern in the past? Never with the people that I've actually worked with. So the guys in the shop, every shop I've been in, they've always been amazing, but there have been like at my last workplace, there was a persistent sales guy who you know, he was always over bothering me, being too like touchy feely and always asking me to go out with them. Again, I was like 17, 18, 19 when I worked there. So it was just, and he was way older. It was just awful. 
there was a couple of coworkers like that, but never any of the guys that have been in my shop that have given me a problem. Okay. And the reason I'm asking this is like, what would you have to say to like young girls who are also like trying to do the same thing as you, but they're like, aside from just being the girl, there's the fear of, you know, like your safety as a woman. It is intimidating. It is. It really is. You just need to be aware and you need to draw a line and you need to stick to your line. You don't let people speak to you in a manner that is uncomfortable or that you don't really like. You know, you just, you stop the mid-sentence and you say, I'm not comfortable in this conversation. Such an easy sentence to say. It is intimidating to actually say it out loud, but people generally respect it as soon as you say it. Like, I'm not comfortable. And then it's like, oh my God, well, I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. Or maybe they did mean to make you uncomfortable, in which case you can just walk away. You've already told them that you're uncomfortable. You have no obligation to stay and partake in that conversation. And go to your, go to your managers if you have a problem. We have a human resources department at my at Lexus. So, I mean, if I had a real problem with somebody and after telling them and speaking to my manager, if nothing was done, I would, I could go upstairs and have it dealt with within probably minutes. It would just, it would be done. The biggest fear that I always had speaking out against um, like unwanted comments or advances, stuff like that, is that as soon as you do that, people view you differently. Like they feel that they can't come and speak to you because now they're worried that you're going to take it out of context. And I've actually never had that happen, despite that always being the fear. Even after I have spoken up and been like, hey, I have a problem with this person and they will not stop. They will not leave me alone. I've told them that I'm uncomfortable, that I, I don't want to be spoken to this way. Their comments are sexual and gross. Um, they usually just get spoken to, they get their warnings, they get written up, they get, I have no idea what else they get because after that I'm done. That's not up to me. Um, but nobody's ever viewed me differently or said, oh, you shouldn't have done that. No, everybody always goes, no, you're right. You didn't deserve to be spoken to like that. You drew your line, they didn't respect it. And that's that. Very well said. So you were also featured in the Cambridge Chamber of Commerce's magazine, Spectrum, which, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like a newsletter magazine type of publication uh, that basically like highlights their members. It has like articles, like events and stuff like that, um, like all around the Cambridge area or like Cambridge area businesses. So yeah. first of all, I'm so jealous. Wish I was featured on a magazine. Um, but second of all, they did feature they did a feature on you on like women in skilled trades and you got to be a part of that. So could you walk me through that story? Like did you submit yourself in as an entry? How did they reach out to you? Like what did they ask you? What did you talk about? So the Hefners sponsor all kinds of like fundraisers and charities and I'm pretty sure the they're well, they're obviously a part of the Chamber of Commerce because we're in that area. Um, so they have connections there. And I guess when they were looking for women in the skilled trades, uh, the reporter reached out to them and said, do you have any women? And they, we had two because there was a female painter up at the body shop 
and me. So they asked, would you be interested? And I was like, who says no to that? That's awesome. So <laughs> I did, I did sit down with a reporter and we spoke for a couple of hours and then he wanted to go into the shop and take my picture in front of all of the men, <laughs> which was very intimidating. Cause I had to, there was no car on my hoist because I was speaking to a reporter. So I had to go up to one of the guys and say, Hey, I know you're trying to do your job, but can I take pictures in front of this car for a minute? (laughs) So we did that and it was terrifying and so much fun at the same time. And Uh then I forgot about it. Honestly, I forgot about it for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden uh, the owners came down and they brought the magazines and dropped them off to bunch of people in the shop and I opened it up and I was like oh shit that's my face (laughs) and all the guys got to read about everything that I had said my story a little bit and it was it was awesome my dad actually went out of his way to get his hands on as many copies as he could (laughs) oh my gosh that is so adorable that's so cute and yeah, so my dad was like handing it out, like, like, like a drug deal, like handing it out to family members and friends. And it was so cute. That is so adorable. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so sweet. I, and I totally relate to you where you're like jumping in to take a picture. It's like such a Instagram moment, so to speak, where you're like, yeah. I just need this for the gram. I just need this for the magazine. Oh, yes. I love this. Like, what a nice opportunity. Like, how did it feel to have others read your story though? Isn't that a very vulnerable thing? It was, it even still, like I probably, I won't pull out the magazine and be like, look, look at what I did. Look. But if people reach out to me and they're like, Hey, I read your article. Like, heck yeah, you did. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, kind of, kind of flip flop between that. Like I, probably won't pull it out and show people but I definitely won't object to talking about it if somebody else brings it up oh I love that and then also you've also created um a day in the life of an auto technician video that you know had been shared across social media to promote again entering the trades um and you got to work with Keith Williams from Skill Stadium so we we talked about this earlier but to our listeners the Skill Stadium is a podcast that features like business owners um, hiring managers, trade school administrators, like basically people in like the the skilled trade profession. Um, and it talks about like, you know, the career opportunities, the some insights, salary expectations, like that type of stuff. So that is super, super cool. Can you tell me about how this connection was even made? I was under the impression that you just helped with the video, but after, before we started this podcast, you told me that you were also on the podcast. So can you just like walk me through this story as well? Sure. So when I, well, actually we're going to scroll back for a minute. When I started featuring inspiring women and I was just like creepily messaging women (laughs) that I found in the trades and being like, Hey, do you mind if I feature you? I spoke with uh, D Durant, who is, she is an ambassador for kick-ass careers. And she said, you can feature me if I can feature you on the kick-ass careers Facebook page and stuff. So I was like, yes. So she, we wrote up a little thing and she posted that. And then that's how Keith Williams found me. 
is he saw that post as well. So he messaged me and said, Hey, would you be interested in doing a day in the life of uh, an auto technician video? And I was like, I don't know, man, because you're messaging me on Instagram and I don't trust people. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. Dude DMing you on Instagram. Yep. Yeah. Hey, want to make a video? Um, (laughs) That's so funny. I was a little bit skeptical at first. So I was like, yeah, let me look into it first. So I went through, I Googled him and watched a bunch of the videos and listened to the podcast. And then I was like, okay, he's real and messaged him back. And we set it up and he messaged me and he was like, actually, do you want to be on the podcast too? Like after we'll do the video first and then we'll jump on to the podcast and we'll just chat a bit. And I was like, okay can I see some of those questions beforehand? Because I am so nervous. I've never done an interview like this before where people are going to have to listen to me talk. Okay. So I wanted to be a little bit prepared and I was not, um, (laughs) I was so nervous. We were like halfway through and he's, he kind of changed the questions a bit. So I I couldn't use the answers that I had pre-written and sitting in front of me. And I started rambling and not making sense at one point because I was so nervous. I was like, and I, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so when that comes out, we're all just going to pretend like we don't know who Emily Pike is. But Oh my gosh. No, the beauty of a podcast is that if there are any like moments like that, they're all edited out. God, I hope so. It was so I was so nervous. I was so scared. I almost cried halfway through. Oh. And the worst part is that because I was so nervous, I he asked a question. And I was like, oh, actually, I want to talk about Haley from Ink and Auto for a minute. And then after I looked up Haley from Ink and Auto and her name is Hillary from Ink and Iron. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. But I I went on and on. I was like, yeah, Haley's awesome. I just want to be best friends with all of them at the shop because little backstory on Ink and Iron. (laughs) It's an all women shop out in Oakville. So it's all women. And I think that's the coolest thing ever. And the owner's name is Hillary, not Haley. So I just wanted to ramble about them for a minute and then I completely messed it up and I'm so terrified for that podcast to come out. (laughs) Oh my gosh, no. I'm pretty sure that like the beauty of editing software, audio editing software is going to kick in. I'm pretty sure it's going to sound amazing. I will leave a little tag in our comment description for others that want to check out Skill Stadium and possibly hear Emily's episode as well. And speaking of featuring uh, featured inspi- featuring inspiring women, this is a perfect segue or s- into my next question. So you have your own website or like page called Featuring Inspiring Women, where you share real stories of women working in trades, from all around the world by supporting and empowering women or each other. We're all building these success stories with and for each other and working as a team to, er, to learn how to earn recognition and, you know, figure out how we can get this respect that we deserve. And this is like, whether we're in a male dominated industry or not, like just in general. Um, but why do you think it's important to share um, and empower the success stories of other women? 
I think it is so important for, first of all, for our children to see it, because if we can normalize women being in the trades, then, you know, it doesn't become a big deal anymore and we won't have to talk about it as much. It won't, I won't be the only female in the shop one day, hopefully, or, you know, people won't want to put me in magazines because I'm a woman in the trade. I'm a woman in the trades. And as cool as it is and as fun as it is, um, it would be nice to just have that kind of normalized so that women know that it's an option. Young women know that, you know, Hey, I don't really want to be a doctor or a lawyer or spend all this money going to school for all these years for something that I might not want to do at all. I want to be a welder. I want to be a plumber. I want to be a mechanic. And it's just, it's an option because right now it isn't talked about nearly as much in schools. If I hadn't taken that auto course just randomly out of the blue because I had switched schools, I probably wouldn't have even thought about it. I wanted to be a lawyer going into high school and it, it didn't even cross my mind like, hey, maybe I want to be a mechanic one day or maybe I want to be a welder. It was those aren't even options that I knew about. Well, I guess, I guess you knew about them, but it wasn't like, Hey, I could do that myself. So normalizing that for young women is so important. And also for women that are already doing it and doing it now, normalizing it a a bit for all the other workplaces. And I will give you an example. When I was looking to leave my first dealership, I threw my resume out everywhere. There was a whole strip of dealerships in my city, and I just sent my resume to all of them. One of them being a dealership that my stepmother worked at. And I just, I sent it in, didn't think anything of it. Well, she went and spoke to the service manager, just kind of, hey, you know, did you get any resumes? just bringing it up casually because she wanted to push that I, I get an interview. And the manager told her that they had a female technician at one point and it didn't work out. So now he doesn't hire women. Oh no. His mistake was saying that to my stepmother. <laughs> so he had to deal with her, but that's normal. People think that it's an option like, Oh yeah, we had a woman once and something happened and now we don't hire women. That's not how it works. And by the law, you're not allowed to do that. But if they said that they rejected my resume because I didn't have enough experience, then that is the same thing, right? There's way there's loopholes out of it. So making that normalizing women in the trade would help with that as well. Lots of women have trouble finding work for the pure reason that they're a woman. And that doesn't affect our skills or our training. We're just as capable. We're just as amazing at our job. Just people don't want to look past the name on the resume to see that. They see Emily and they go, mm, I don't know. It's not a guy. True. Oh my gosh. That was, thank you for answering my, that was basically my long-winded way of asking you why you started your page. Um, and also speaking of your page, like you, I've taken a look at it and you have a ton of women on there, which I love. How do you go about, how do you find all these people? Uh, so I, well, I started by just creepily messaging people on Instagram, just like, just like Keith did to me. And people thought that I was spam for a while, just like, oh yeah, no, I'm not, 
not answering this. And so they just put it out of their mind. And the few women that I did feature then spread the word. So then now I have people that I've messaged a month ago coming back and being like, oh, okay, sorry, I missed your message. Um, I'd love to be featured, <laughs> which I know I try. I, I don't blame you, but I know. I know you saw that. <laughs> now women are finding me, which is nice because I have like 42 bios sitting in the notes on my phone that need to be written. <laughs> and I don't have time to be sending creepy messages out to people being like, hey, do you mind if I feature you? Could you write me a little bio? Because my thing is, is that I'm not going to, I'm not going to copy your story from one of your posts and just post it without your permission. That's not very consensual and it's weird. So I have the women allow me to feature them and they send me a little bio and then I change it up and format it to fit my page. And that's how that goes. So now that they're finding me, they're seeing their friends getting featured. They're seeing it and following hashtags like hashtag women in the trades. They'll see my post and then reach out to me. So that is really nice. And it makes my job just a little bit easier. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And this is my last question before we head into the lightning round. What is your advice for young women who, uh, who basically don't, you know how you got that, you felt you found your calling when you were um, so young in the game. What is your advice to young women who are still looking for their calling, not really sure how and where to find it? What would you say, or what's the advice that you have to give to them to help, you know, figure it out? Explore as much as you can explore everything. So when I did that automotive course in grade 10, I also did a woodworking course. Automotive was the course that stuck. Um, I I loved woodworking. I loved working with my hands, but it just, it wasn't my calling. So if you try a bunch of things outside of your comfort zone, you'll eventually find something that you love. Uh, It might be music. Maybe you don't think you're very musically inclined. Uh, Take a music class. You have all of high school to take all of these different courses, things outside of your comfort zone. And you should utilize that while you have the chance, not just focus on one thing that you might not, you might not even know that you don't love it yet. So if you explore everything as much as possible while you're in high school or while you're still young, before you commit to the many years of college and university, then you have better chances of finding something that you love. Oh, I love that. Oh, very, very sweet. And now we're going to move ahead and jump into the lightning round. Are you ready? I guess so, yeah. (laughs) It's time for the lightning round. Are you a morning person or night owl? I'm a morning person. What did you name your first car? It wasn't named other than maybe asshole. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, teleportation or flying? Flying. Popcorn or M&M's? M&M's. Are you a traveler or a homebody? Traveler. If you could choose any two famous people to have dinner with, who would they be? Kurt Cobain and Betty White. Ooh, I like that. Best advice you've ever received? What was that quote that you said earlier? Because that is it, hands down. (laughs) Be assertive, not aggressive. Aggressive, yeah. And worst advice you've ever received? Boys are boys, stuff like (laughs) that. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> what is your current cell phone wallpaper? My, my children. Oh. And if you could see one movie again for the first time, what would it be and why? Gone in 60 seconds because I loved all the cars in that one. And my final question, if you could describe yourself as a flavor, what would it be? I don't know if this is going to be disappointing. I don't know, mint chocolate chip. <laughs> mint chocolate. I like that. No, there's no disappointing answer. Like you'd be surprised what my past guests have said. Not that I'm saying any of them have given me disappointing <laughs> answers. <laughs> but basically there's no wrong answer. All right. Awesome. Now, thank you. And to wrap up this episode, we wanted to send you all off with a quote. And since you're the special guest, Emily, I would love for you to do the honors. She was powerful, not because she wasn't scared, but because she went on so strongly despite the fear by Atticus. Lovely. And if our listeners are interested in learning more about you or if they want to reach out to you so they can get featured on your page, like how do they do that? Can you hit us with the plug? All right. So the Instagram is at featuring inspiring women, or you can find me personally on Instagram, which is at Emily Pike 07. And the website is featuring inspiring women.ca. And I think that's, I think that's it. That's all I got. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Emily. This was a lot of fun and yeah, good luck with your exam. Is it an exam or do I say exam or certificate or test or? All of the above. It is the biggest of the biggest exam I will ever do in my whole life. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on here. It was an absolute honor and so much fun to speak with you. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you folks enjoyed that. Join me next Sunday for another episode on Keep It Spicy. If you want to stay in the loop, follow me on Instagram at underscore Keep It Spicy and on Twitter at Keep It Spicy Pod for more related content and some pick-me-ups in the middle of your week. Like, comment, and share the content and podcast with friends and family. On that note, remember folks, Keep It Spicy, yours truly, XX.